Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information on our church, visit c3church.narara.net. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence. I pray our hearts would be open, Lord God, and we would learn from you this morning. Amen. Come on, give someone a high five. You sit down. We have been preaching about faith. How do you feel about your faith? How do you feel about faith? Romans 1.17 says in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, the just shall live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5.7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. And it says here that the, the gospel is revealed from faith to faith. So we begin in faith, we begin by believing God and we walk in faith and we finish in faith. It's a faith walk. We believe in God. I like to see it almost as like stepping stones that we don't take a step until it's a faith step. So we take our first step and then we go, where am I going to go? What, what's the next step for me? What does God want me to do? And we don't walk unless it's faith. Ah, that, yeah, that's. That's the next step. That's the faith step. And then the next step is faith. So each step along the way of our Christian journey is a faith step. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to live by faith all day long. Every decision, everything we do should be by faith. Everything. He was talking about how we even eat by faith. We eat, we we live, we breathe. Everything we do, we do knowing that this is what God wants me to do. This is the next step I'm meant to make. This is the right step. Let's look in the Bible in Luke chapter 7 of someone who did this. He was walking by faith. The centurion, he was a Roman soldier, an officer in the Roman army. Luke 7 verse 1. When he concluded his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he, the centurion, heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, The one for whom you should do this is deserving. He loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. So Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself. I'm not worthy that you should enter my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man also under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to one of them, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and turned around and said to the crowd that follow him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. And those who were sent returned to the house and found the servant well who had been sick. So this guy is an example of the greatest faith that Jesus saw. So I thought, let's have a look at this guy. Let's have a look at how you live by faith. 
He was obviously a fairly remarkable kind of character because he was a Roman soldier occupying Israel. The Israelites didn't like the Romans. I mean, these are their occupiers. These were their, you know, they, they were not, this is like, you know, the Nazis in Holland. The, the Dutch didn't like them, you know. We don't like people in charge of us who don't belong in our country. And yet he was obviously some kind of a good man because he had won the Jews over. And when he asked the elders, can you go and represent me to Jesus? They went, yes. So they had a very good opinion of this man. He was obviously not unkind to them. They had a very high respect for him and he was able to ask them to do something for him. And they said to Jesus, he's built us a synagogue. Now, that's pretty amazing. I mean, even in those days, building was expensive. He must have been quite well-to-do, and he spent his money building the, the local people a, a, a synagogue. It's like someone building us a church. That's, that's cool, you know? So he's a, a very interesting man. He loves the Jewish people, and he clearly found something in them that was right. And when he heard, heard about Jesus, and he also shows great compassion for his servant. He loves him. I mean, I have no doubt that there would have been Roman officers around at the time and their servant was sitting there, I don't care, get me another one. Life, you know, can be quite cheap amongst some of these kind of people. But he loved this servant and he wanted him to be well. So he's a remarkable character and he needed help. So he's going along in his daily life and he needs help because someone he knows is sick. Not even him, he could have ignored the, the situation, but someone he knows is sick. And so he has faith. And how is that faith seen that he turns in his time of need to Jesus? He goes to Jesus. He had, he had no access to Jesus even. He didn't even feel he could go to Jesus. He, he, didn't, he thought, well, I'm not a Jew. I'll get the Jews to go. He's a Jew. I'll get the Jews to go. He had reason to perhaps not go to Jesus or to find it difficult to go to Jesus, but he went to Jesus. He found a way. And that's the first step of faith. That's the first, that's, you know, these, we walk by, from faith to faith. The first step is to get to Jesus. However you can do that, get to Jesus. Every day get to Jesus. At the beginning of your life, get to Jesus as soon as you can. If you're a youngster, come to Jesus as soon as you can. Your life will be better. I like seeing the young ones who stay in church. Good on you. So as soon as you can, get to Jesus. That's the first step of faith, however you can. When you wake up in the morning, it says we live by faith. Well, the first step of faith is to get to Jesus. You know, when you get up in the morning and it's like, what, where do you get to? Do you, is it the first step is what? Sort of the cough. For most people, it seems to be coffee. I, <laughs> I have a real problem with coffee because I don't drink coffee. And is there anyone else who doesn't drink coffee? or tea? Aren't coffee drinkers strange creatures? I mean, it's like... They always have to have it and their brain doesn't work without it. It's really like, wow, you know, my brain works really well without coffee. Sorry, I know I shouldn't say this because there's only three others of you in the congregation. So I'll lose all of you if I go on too much. But uh, thanks, Linda. So, but you know, we don't need, coffee's not your first place. Jesus is your first place. Jesus is that we should try and find how quickly can I come. Even those of us who've got a, a child that comes in in the mornings and, you know, grabs us and, or whatever, just, just, just that first word, good morning, Lord. Just, even if you can say that, and maybe you can't pray straight away, but maybe you need to find time. That's the first step of faith is to come to Jesus. Get to Jesus. And if you don't feel like you can get to Jesus, if you feel like, I don't know how to pray, Ruth. It doesn't really work for me. Well, get other people to start praying for you. Get other people to help. That's what he did. 
He said, well, I'll get someone else to help me. Maybe you're a new Christian and you think, I just don't get this. I find it hard to read the Bible. I'm not. Someone said to me the other day, I, don't, I can't really read that well, Ruth. Like, really, I'm, I'm not a reader. Some people can't find it hard to read the Bible. So get someone, ask someone, say, what's, what's scripture about this? Can you write it out for me? And memorize it. That's what they did in the old days. Not everyone used to read in the old days, so they memorized the, the Bible. Get it in here. Get it in here. Come to Jesus. Now, let's talk about feelings. We're talking about feelings. The centurion was very humble. He didn't feel worthy that Jesus should come to his home. He just didn't feel worthy. And that's, that's a feeling we all have sometimes, isn't it? We feel inadequate. We feel like, I'm not good enough. I don't... You know, when we preach about faith, perhaps some of you think, well, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of faith. I, I just do my best. I'm not, I don't know if I could get healing or I don't know if I could get this result or I don't know if I could do that because I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. That's a legitimate feeling. It's a feeling that he had and it's a feeling I think we all have at times. We all feel like, I really don't deserve for God to answer this prayer because, well, this, 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 this and this. We all feel like that, don't we? Haven't prayed enough, haven't read the Bible enough, haven't done this, haven't done that, yelled at the kids, whatever. God's not going to answer my prayers. But that's where faith kicks in, actually, because Jesus is about grace. Faith kicks in in knowing, I don't get what I deserve from Jesus. I get what he wants to give me because he's gracious. It's not a barter system being a Christian. It's a lovely system where he gives us because he's gracious. And so even when we don't feel worthy we can go through faith, through faith to him. You see, if we only went to Jesus when we felt like we deserved it, it wouldn't be faith, would it? Well, I really deserve for you to heal me, Lord, so I'm going to come very confidently and you need to do this for me. No, we never come to him like that. It's always like, well, God, I am not worthy. But when I think about you, I remember that you are worthy, that you're awesome, that you love me. You're going to heal me because you're good, not because I'm good. You're going to bless me because you're good, not because I'm good. We do all that we can, like the centurion did. He was a good guy. He was loving his servant. He was being kind to the people that he was occupying. But at the end of the day, he still had to come by faith, and he had to deal with those feelings. So he came by faith, and he got what he wanted. And it's also interesting when we think about faith. I like that that his concept of faith was the power of the word. He was a soldier. He knew what command meant. And he had the delightful experience of commanding people to do something and seeing them do it, which is a, a really, it's a great quality. If you tell a child, I only get to pretty much do it with kids, but if you tell a kid to do something and they do it straight away, it's, it's great, especially when you know you're, gonna ble- you're doing it for the right reasons. It's amazing. that, And I guess if you're an army officer and you can just tell people to do things and they do it, it must be, must be a bit of a, a, a power kick, I guess. It's quite satisfying. And he understood that words can have impact. They can change what people do. And so his way of accessing faith was to understand Jesus has words and his words have impact not just on people but on everything. Jesus can speak and it has impact on bacteria leaving my servant or viruses or whatever it was. Or, or when Jesus speaks, he can, sh- he can create He can shift things. He understood that the word has power not just for a person, from person to person, but from person to thing, from person to sickness, from person to trees. Jesus cursed trees. He understood that word is powerful. 
That was his way of accessing faith. And so all of us, when we think about faith, we all have faith. Think about how your faith works for you. Maybe you have faith because you understand mercy and you know what it means to love someone. So you think, well, I love someone. So I know what God, how God must love. And that's the way I understand God. So that helps me to have faith. We all have faith in different ways. Maybe you have faith because you know, you know how to create something. So you know, I know how God can create. It's easy. Think about your faith. Think about how you have faith in Jesus and use your faith. Access your faith, even if you don't feel you're, you're worthy as he didn't. He just knew he had a need. He had a will to receive and he trusted God to take it. Know what you need, decide to receive and take what you have. Take what you can be given. So all through the day, like this centurion, in our daily lives, we have to walk by faith. We have all sorts of feelings that come to us. And what I want to encourage us is is to look at those feelings and say, is this faith or is it not? Because if it's not faith, my suggestion is you don't walk forward in it. So we might feel worry. I'm worried about this. That worry is not faith. So if I feel worry, I'm not in faith. It says walk by faith. If I'm in worry, that's not faith. I need to stop and go, I'm worrying about this. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to get back to faith because I want to walk and live by faith. Even with our son and uh, daughter getting, daughter-in-law getting married recently, you know, when people get married, all this stuff can come up. You can worry about things. And you can worry about, well, is it going to rain on the day? And are they going to be all right with this? And how's that going to go? And is this going to happen? And then I just remember thinking, Ruth, this is a happy day. That's worry. Don't worry. Be in faith. It's going to be fantastic. They're a fabulous couple. Everything's going to be wonderful. Get into faith. And if you can't find faith, get into the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so even for Hudson and Lara, I saw some things and I thought, oh, I need to, you know, oh, that could be a problem. And then I thought, no, I'm going to pray over that and get into prayer. Don't worry about things for yourself or for others. Get into faith. Think about your, listen to yourself. Is there fear? Are you frightened for the future? Are you frightened that, you know, I'll never get married or frightened that I'll get a divorce or frightened that, you know, this will happen or that will happen? Well, that's not faith. Deal with it. I really want to encourage you to just shall live by faith. How do you feel about your faith? Are you in faith? All these emotions that are wrong, deal with them and get to faith. Deal with doubt. Are you doubting? Are you fatalistic? You say, oh, well, what will be will be, whatever, it doesn't matter. That's not faith. That's not faith at all. Are you kind of lazy and robotic in your life? You know, some people don't, they're not negative, but neither are they positive. They're just in the middle. They're just nothing. They like, I'm fine. Yeah, everything's fine. It's like, well, is it? What are you believing for? What, are you in faith? Because it's not faith to just be sort of in the middle, just to be blah, just to be robotic. I, I was um, chatting to Linda the other day and she said, we asked each other a question, what are you excited about next year? And I couldn't think of anything at all, nothing. I mean, it might have been partly because my son just got married, so I was sort of in a blur of, you know, wedding. She said, what are you, what are you excited about? And I went, oh, I don't know. What's happening next year, 2017? I, I literally couldn't think of anything. And, I, and I, I went, oh, that's not faith. Faith is looking forward to the future. Faith is trusting that God's going to do something wonderful next year. So just being sort of, oh, I don't know, it'll be all right. That's not faith. So I checked myself and went, right, what's happening next year? I've got to get in faith. Because the Bible says that the life, you know, the, the walk of a righteous is brighter and brighter until the full light of dawn. Thank you. It gets better. So next year's got to be better than this year. I've got to get in faith about that and make some plans and get excited. So just being 
robotic or lazy. That's not faith either. Let's get into faith about everything. If you feel overwhelmed by a situation, he felt overwhelmed, the centurion, but he went to Jesus, he got in faith, he got the results. So everything we need, every emotion that we feel that's not right can be dealt with by faith. We can go to the word. We can, if, we, if you can't find it in the word, go to a friend and we can get faith and we can get into a better position. There's constantly things coming up. This is not just a nice mental attitude. This is the way that we're meant to live all the time. Let's look at Romans 14.23. Faith feels good. When you're in faith, I want because I want us all to be happy. And when you're in faith, I was thinking about how I feel when I'm in faith and how I feel when I'm not in faith. When I'm in faith, I feel calm and settled and strong. There may still be a storm going on. There may still be issues, but I have a sense of calm and a sense of happiness. My talk is more positive and more firm. Listen to your talk. When you talk about people, is it faith? Is it not faith? I see things in the future. I start to see good things and I act in a faithful, consistent way. Romans 14, 23. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith. And whatever is not from faith is sin. So wow. He says, you're happy if you don't get condemned by what you approve. In other words, if you say yes to something and you feel right about it and you're in faith about it, you'll feel happy. But if you say yes to something and you're not really right about it and you're not really in faith about it, you will feel bad. So let's just take watching TV. This is a good one for me. Some shows, I can't watch in faith. I can't believe that Jesus is watching that show with me. I'm, I'm sure that when certain things start happening in that show, Jesus is leaving the room, the Holy Spirit's leaving the room, like, we're not watching this. You want to watch this, you're on your own. And I have a choice at that moment. Am I going to keep watching it? Am I going to say yes to that? Or am I going to say no? If I say yes to it and I watch something without Jesus, I'm not in faith anymore. So now I'm on my own. And now I'm not happy. I, still, I feel condemned. I feel guilty. I feel a bit yucky. So I've got that choice. Am I going to be happy? If I'm happy, if I say no, I'm going to say no to that. I don't think Jesus wants me to watch that. Let's, let's not watch this show anymore. It's not good enough or whatever. Now, there's a million choices like that all day long. And if we say yes in faith, knowing that Jesus is with us, knowing the Holy Spirit's pleased with us, we'll feel happy. So faith and happiness are really connected. That's why I'm talking about faith and feelings today. He says you are happy. And that word there is happy. There's two words in the New Testament that, that they interchange a lot. One's blessed, which is eulogia, which is a good word. And that means to bless someone, to speak good over them. And there is another word, which is a different Greek word completely. I think it's makarios or something. And it's happy. And it means happy, just feeling good. And this word means you will feel happy if you do what is in faith and not what is against your own faith. So this, in this particular instance, it was even about eating. It was talking about eating. Thing. They, had a, you know, they had issues with idols. They had food and they had an idol stamped on it. And some people felt fine to eat it and some people didn't. He said, you've got to know what you feel good about doing with God. Sometimes some things aren't right for you, but it's okay for someone else. Some people really, you know what? Just don't drink alcohol. You know, if you go near it, you're not in faith. You, it's the dangerous slippery slope for you. So don't go near it. 
That's, you've got to be in faith with God. And maybe God's saying to you, for you, no, nah, no, nah, just don't. For other people, the odd glass of wine might be fine. Everyone's different. You've got to know what God is saying to you and you've got to feel comfortable. Some things aren't black and white. But if you're in faith, you're taking a faith step, I can do this in faith. I can have a glass of wine at my son's. I tried to have a glass of wine at my son's wedding. I don't particularly like alcohol. And I didn't get around to drinking any alcohol at the wedding. But we paid for all the alcohols. <laughs> at one stage, I, <laughs> I reckon, says Chris, um, we, had to, we had to calculate. We had, okay, so the Christians barely drink. So that would be this. But the soldiers, some of them do drink a bit. They're not all saved yet, but we're praying for them. So they drink a bit more. So we had this sort of interesting calculation. But I have my lovely, my lovely friend Sherilyn was sitting there with a, with a very big glass of wine. And um, so I walked past and I thought, I've got to have a sip of wine at my son's wedding just to show I'm celebrating. So I, I said, give me a sip of wine. And so I grabbed her wine. She just gave it to me. Grabbed a wine glass. It was a huge glass, full. And I took a sip and I went, Sherilyn. She goes, ha ha. It was water. She just... She doesn't drink either, and she likes to have water, but she likes to have it in a wine glass because it's classy. So, I went, so that, that was my sip of wine at my son's wedding. But, you know, it's okay if you're in faith. But for some of you, it's best not to. And that's for everything. It's for food. It's like sometimes with food, it's, it's, it's okay to eat this much. But, you know, can we eat this much in faith? Is that the, from faith to faith? It's like, yes, one piece of cake, maybe two. It's Christmas. Maybe three. Uh, are we, are we still in faith on the fifth piece of cake? I don't think so. I don't think we are. I think there's something else going on. If we stay in faith, we feel happy. And you all know that feeling. When you take a step and it's not in faith, you, feel, you just feel, Bleh. whether it's too much cake, too much alcohol, the wrong television shows, the wrong stuff on the internet, going to the wrong places. Maybe, you, you know, young people go out at night and it's okay to go, eh, it's all right to hang out with the other kids, you know, the young people at certain places. But there's a certain hour of night where, you know, it's really time to come home now, isn't it? There's really stuff going on here that's not edifying, it's not helpful, it's not great. Time to go home. But you can stay there. Now, you're staying there in faith. Is that a faith step from faith to faith? We walk by faith. I have faith that I can stay in this nightclub at 2 o'clock in the morning. Everyone around me is completely drunk. They're saying revolting things. They're doing revolting things. But I'm really in faith here. I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. Let's stay in faith in every situation and we'll be happy. He says, you are happy. Happy is he and she who does not condemn himself in what he approves, who doesn't know in his heart he's doing the wrong thing even though he says yes. That's where faith is. So do you say, Ruth, do you, should we be happy all the time? Like is this, you know, you want us to just be happy all the time? It's like, yes. Yes, I do. I want you to be happy all the time. The Bible says rejoice always, even when we are in suffering. The Bible says, is anyone suffering? Pray, rejoice, thank God, count it all joy when you meet various trials. So yes, actually, I want us to be happy all the time. Why not? Even I believe in grief and distress and you know, we, we've, we've been through that stuff too, some very serious, horrible things in life. But when you're in faith, there's this strange calm and this, this strange joy that comes through the very worst of trials, and you can be happy. I, I asked Joe if I could share this story. You know, I've known, I've known Joe for a long, long time, and I knew her mum and her sister. And I remember I was at home one day, and she rang me up, and she was, you know, just sobbing and sobbing, and she said, they've gone, they've gone, they've gone. And, and um, the sister and her mother were in a, a balloon, an, an air balloon, and it hit another one and came plummeting to the ground, and they both died. 
So <laughs> it was very sad. And uh, a long time ago, so I remember someone in the church said to me, because Jo was always one of those, you know, crazy, happy people, and she, you know, she was, <laughs> hasn't changed that much. She was crazy happy then, she's crazy happy now. And I remember someone came up to me and they actually went to see her and they said to me, I want to see if she's still happy, if it was just some kind of quirky personality thing that she's got or if, if there's the real, if, it is, if there's God in there, if it's the joy of the Lord. And I mean, she has got a quirky personality, which we love. But is it just that or is there God in there? And I remember, I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting. And she came to me later and she said she was amazing. She's so amazing that in all of this, and she said it herself that she felt that God just protected her and there was this calm and this settledness and this sense of God and this sense of peace, even though she lost most of her family. And, and, you know, God was with her and there was still the joy and there still is the joy, you know, and, and it's not something that goes away when you lose half your family like that. I mean... You know, I'm, I know she feels it every Christmas. You know, I miss, I miss my mum, you know, and it's sad. But within, sorry, Martin, don't you start or you'll start me. <laughs> but, you know, we go through very, very full-on things and can we be happy and rejoice through these things? Well, my experience is that you can. Yes, of course, we're sad and we've got grief. That's real. But there's this settled sense of joy and peace and it, because we have faith and it's faith that leads to this kind of joy. In that kind of situation without faith, and I've seen that too, I've seen tragedy, you know, with friends at hockey, without faith, and it's, I've been to funerals without faith, and it's just, oh, there's nothing, it's just, it's just deep tragedy. There's no, there's nothing but tragedy. But in a situation like this, there's faith and there's joy, and Jo had great faith because she knew that she had ministered to her sister and her mum about the Lord, and she knew that the time that they had coming down was time enough for them to get right with God. That was her faith, and that's a great faith. You know, we don't... So it's kind of like, oh, wow, you know, and she would say that. She says it to me regularly. She goes, I know, I know they've got, they had time to be right, and I have real faith, I have real confidence with God, and it's like, whoa. So from faith to faith, all things work together for good. Who can understand? Can we be happy in God? It's like, yes, we can. Through everything, there's joy. Through everything, there's happiness in faith. But outside of faith, that kind of thing can make you very bitter and very cranky and very, and and you could just, oh, forget that. I'm not even coming to church anymore. You know, you could get really cross. And people do get cross with God because they let go of faith. God is, we sing it. God is good. You're good. You're good. So where does faith go when things don't look good? We still go to faith. God is good. All things work together for good. I have no, I don't understand all this stuff, but I know that God is good. And so we go to faith and our walk is by faith. And because our walk is by faith, we can be happy. We can rejoice always in all situations. And this works in just everyday life as well. Not in, I mean, I know there's, there's big things, but there's little things too where you just, you know, you have to have faith in your marriage, faith for your children, faith about church. Every negative thought that comes into your head, attack it with faith. Every, honestly, everything. Oh, maybe I, I don't know if I should be doing this. I don't know if I'm doing a good job. We'll get faith. I don't have any friends. We'll be in faith. Pray for friends. I've done that with most of my kids at various times. When you change schools, it can be quite tricky. Pray for friends. I don't, I don't think I'll ever lose weight. Yes, you will. Have faith. I don't think I'll ever overcome this issue. Yes, you can. 
Be in faith. We live by faith. It's all by faith and we're happier and, and we just keep going by faith right to the end. We, you know, just the other day, we, you know, with family. Family's lovely, but you've got to be in faith with your family, don't you? And Luke, um, with just before the, a couple of days before the wedding, he thought it might be a good idea to ride in the back of a ute with a bunch of young men. And so what happens when you ride in the back of a ute is that as you go bumping over crazy things, you pop out of the back of the ute. So Luke actually fell out of the back of the ute and, <laughs> and injured himself, which he tried to sort of pretend when he came home he hadn't been doing because he was the best man at his son's wedding. I mean, it could have been a disaster, but his brother's wedding, you know, brother's wedding, brother's wedding. So, so God protected him and us, and as it turned out, he just had a few scrapes, um, which is, you know... Because you, did, you didn't, you tried not to tell me what you were doing, didn't you, Luke? You tried, said, How, "What happened? You are you limping?" No, 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 I felt a bit, just a bit of a scratch. I said, "It looks quite serious, Luke. What happened?" Um. <laughs> anyway, so he was all right, and he played hockey, and he went to the wedding, and he determined not to limp at the wedding. So he said, well, "You know, I'm not going to limp." <laughs> he didn't limp, but he didn't look after the wound very well. So by Saturday, the wound was not looking good. I'm telling you right now, it was not looking good. It was quite deep. And we have a couple of medical people in our family. So they came to have a look and and they decided to examine the wound. And oh my goodness, away they went. Medical people, I love you, but please speak faith. So they were just looking at Oh, that, oh, well, it's, in, it's infected. Oh, that's, oh, well, it's infected. And so then they, they know the terms, you know, those dreadful terms, they know the terms. Well, oh, look, you need to, you don't need to go to the hospital right now because it could develop into, uh, and we could be, uh, and it could be this, and I'm just, and I'm standing there, and, and then both of them, both of them, husband and wife, he goes, well, I even, he even said, well, I'd have to concur with my, um, my colleague here. That's, he used those words, I kid you not, I have to concur with my colleague here. It's very serious. I, you would definitely need to get onto antibiotics straight away. You need to, rah, 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 because it is, and this, and this. And I'm just sitting there going, I was fuming, I was getting angry. Anyway, this is just as they were leaving and they were doing this big examination. And then they finally, they, they left. And I said, bye bye. I was very friendly. <laughs> and I said, bye bye. See you Love you. See you later. See you Christmas. Yeah. Very friendly, 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 happy, happy families. And then I went into Luke. I said, Luke, come in here. And he went in the front room. I shut the door. I said, you listen to me, Luke. You're not getting any of And I bind that in Jesus' name. And how dare they speak that over my son's leg. It's not their son's leg. It's my son's leg. And I looked at Luke. I was like, okay, mom. And I said, that leg is healed. Do you understand me? You're not getting that. And I was so angry. And I bound the devil and I laid hands on his foot. And Luke's just like, oh, these crazy adults, you know. So I said, what's your scripture? Have you got a scripture? Yes, mom, I've got a scripture. No, say it to me now. Are you healed? Are you fighting? You're young and fit and you're fighting that infection of and you're fine. I was so angry. So you need to get, that's faith. You've got to get angry. Don't you dare let people speak things over your children. How dare they? You speak all your horrible diseases over your own children, thank you very much, not over my children. Like, I mean, I love them. They don't know that I, you know, they're not going to listen to this, so they don't know that I said that. But, oh, you've got to be in faith. And Luke was in faith. Luke was fine. He said, I'm fine, Mum. It'll be fine because it was swollen up, you know. And so he, he prayed and believed God. And then we didn't go to the doctor. I said, now, we'll go to the doctor if we need to. But how do you, we, we did, agreed we didn't need to. And he prayed and then... The next day, the infection all went down and it all started to heal up and it was fine without antibiotics, which is so much better because you fight off the, the disease yourself. And you speak to your body, say, body, you fight. 
Come on, body. Come on, white blood cells or whatever you are. You get in there and you fight and you win, okay? And it's better for you and it's better for your body to do that. But you've got to be in faith. So, Because honestly, when they're talking, you just start getting terrified. It's like his leg's going to get amputated or something, you know? It's like, come on. So if you live like that with this negativity and this that's not faith. Talking about what the dreadful things that could happen, that's not faith. That's not faith. We've got to live by faith. We've got to go from faith to faith and, and get angry about these things. Yes, very funny, Cal Bowd. You muck up and I'll come visit you and have a go at, your, at you. So from faith to faith, that's the way we live. The Bible says whatever is not from faith is sin, actually. Now, this is very interesting This is very interesting. So you're saying if I don't do something in faith, it's actually a sin? So now it's getting even stronger. It's not just that we ought to live in faith and it's better and we'll be happier. It's actually saying if I'm not doing this, I'm in sin, which is really interesting. So you're saying, so everything I have to do is in faith? Yes, because the Bible says in all you do, glorify God. So if I'm not glorifying God doing this, I shouldn't be doing it. And so I have to have faith that this action is bringing glory to God, that the way that I'm cooking for these people or blessing these people or, or I'm playing sport here or doing this or listening to the umpire or, or all through your life, you all have different things. The books that you read, are you reading in faith? If you're not in faith, you're actually in sin. Can you go to that job every day in faith? Is this the job you're meant to be doing? Well, make sure it is. Because otherwise you're in sin. It's very interesting. We think of sin sometimes as, a, as an action, a negative action, something that we do. But this is saying that if we're not doing it in faith, it's a sin. And we don't want to sin. I don't want to sin. Sin doesn't make you happy. So let's make sure that everything we do is to glorify God. And again, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I really want to please God. I want God on my side. I fear God. I don't like it if God gets angry. I don't want him angry with me. I want him to be happy with me. He's the boss. So I keep in a good place with God and I make sure that I'm ple- I want to please him. I love the thought that when I come to him, he says, well done. And if we're in faith, we can believe that he says, well done. We can believe he will, whether we are preaching to thousands or just loving someone at home. Praise God. So real happiness is found walking by faith. Let's be a people that walk from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. I encourage you to live all day long in all your decisions by faith. And that's where our happiness is, in faith with God. Amen? Praise God. Come on, let's pray. Thank you, God. Just as I shut my eyes and go to God, what I'm seeing is a map of your life. And I want you to look at this map. There's a map of your life in front of you. And there's your home, and there's your workplace, and there's your holidays, and there's your habits, and there's the the internet connections you've got, and there's the friends. There's a map. And God wants that whole map to be in faith. And he wants you to look at that map and know, and know that everything and every part of the map of your life is in faith. It's where it's meant to be. It's pleasing to God. It's where he's called you. 
You're in the right spot. You're in the right place. You're in obedience. You're pleasing him. Let's all just take a moment to look at the map of our life, to look at our words, our attitudes, our habits, our character. It's all there before us. And I believe the Holy Spirit is showing you a map of your life. And there may be an area of your life and he's like, it's like got a big cross through. It's like, nah. You can honestly not look at that area and think that that's faith. And if it's not, God's giving you right now, if you will acknowledge that, in acknowledgement comes power, in confession comes forgiveness, in confession comes freedom. You can let go of that thing. You can just let go of it. You'll be much, much happier. The devil is a liar and he tells you, oh, you couldn't let go of that. You wouldn't be happy. Oh, oh no, 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 you've got to have that. That's yours. You, you deserve it. But the Holy Spirit will make it clear to you, those parts of your life that have a big cross through them. No, not, not in faith, not from me. And right now, I really encourage you to make a decision to cut them out of your map of your life and leave all the good stuff. Just leave all the good stuff. And then it'll be a happier map and a happier life. Father, I pray that we would earnestly desire what is right in our life. I pray, Father God, that we would be the happiest people on earth because we are following you and we are in faith. I pray, Father God, that we cut off those parts of our life that are not in faith, that are not pleasing to you, Lord God. Help every one of us to be so beautiful for you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.